And I heard this quote the other day that I loved. It was, spend your weekends building the life that you want instead of spending your weekends escaping from the life that you have. Oh, that's powerful. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's going on, Will Lowry? How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Brent. How are you? I'm good, man. I am just so impressed with your success. I was telling you before I hit the record button, you remind me of my my good friend, Alan Underwood, that we've done a lot of land deals together. And you just very analytical and your thinking and engineer mind and just brilliant. But I want to just hear a little bit about you, how long you've been in real estate, what your family life looks like. So let's go. Sure. What married kids? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm married. We celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary just a couple of weeks ago. God was, bless you. Congrats. Yes, wow. Thank you. 22 yeah, so years. We met in high school and were high school sweethearts and dated all through college. Got married after that. So we've now been married for more than half of our life. We have four pretty amazing kids, all boys. So we can't have nice things, right? With with boys, <laughs> with that many I mean, of your them. background looks pretty nice behind you. Uh, yeah, because and... I don't let them in there. So yeah, <laughs> but my kids, I have a 19 year old. I have twins that are 16 and a 13 year old. Wow! So and high teaching... school sweethearts. My parents are, are high school sweethearts. And yeah, you don't see that too often. No, no. Actually, we've had to make sure we convinced our kids that that is not the expectation that they do not need to find someone they're going to marry in high school just to make sure that because one of them has thought about some of that as pressure i'm like no that's the anomaly not the norm so that's a pretty good insight that you were you know no pressure on your children but also an amazing example for them at the same time yeah for sure so that's the family side my background i've been in and out of real estate since 2003 I guess. So quite a while, but I'm in a software engineering by training. That's where some of that analytical view comes from. I have a degree in computer science, but also a bit of an entrepreneur. I didn't grow up with that. My dad was a pastor. My mom was a teacher. And so they just, they viewed the world as you get up, you go and you work really hard, you go home and you do it again over and over again. And you give as much of yourself as you can, which I appreciate that, but they didn't have the entrepreneur side of like, let's go do this in a business. So it took me a little while to find it. But once I did, I was kind of hooked. So my first entrepreneurial venture was when my wife was like eight months pregnant. Oh, my. my, Good time to start a business, right? Yeah, right. So like (laughs) I left my secure software engineering job at a good company, regular pay, and went into a mortgage and finance business, which was 100% commission. Wow. And I worked for someone for a year. That was really learned a ton. Started my own business for a year after that and then sold it to a football player and worked with him for a while. So that was pretty neat. But yeah, I could bore you. I had five different careers before I was 30. So I tried lots of different things from mortgage to teaching to pastoral work to a couple of different tech startups. So I've done a lot of different things. Well, what in the world drove you to land? You know, I know that you started with mortgages, started in 2003. You're a wild animal. You go out in entrepreneurship when your wife's eight months pregnant. I'm sure she appreciated that. But uh, what, yeah, there's what, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what drove you to land? 
of all. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, this last couple of years with COVID, I had the joy of working at a really great tech company. It's really quite amazing time there. I just spent a lot of time in Zoom though. And so, I mean, when I say a lot of time, I was spending 25 to 30 hours a week in Zoom meetings as a product director. And there was more that I wanted to do with my life and my time. And I knew I wanted to do something in real estate. I started listening to a ton of podcasts, including Wholesaling E. I would listen to it whenever I was making the dinner. The best or, real estate podcast right? ever. <laughs> right. So, but I mean, like I was constantly consuming and listening to people that were doing it. And a good friend of mine years ago said to me, you know, we'll talk is cheap, make it happen. And it's a mantra that I've had in my mind a long time. And that was it. I was listening to the podcast. And so it was me talking to myself saying, oh, you could do this, but talk is cheap. So I had to make it happen. So I did not intend to get into land. I intended to get into wholesaling and fits and flips. And that's actually where I started. Like when you and I, when I first connected with you, I had just gotten a house that I was flipping. But um, that seems to happen a lot with the land sharks community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you the first and last house that I flipped was actually wholesale, I guess, because we purchased it and then turned around and sold it without doing any work. But it was pretty good motivation to maybe find something different because I walked into that house on the day of closing and there was a person who had broken in and it was squatting in the house. Oh, uh, that's always <laughs> like a wake up call when you walk in. <laughs> yeah, it was a little scary. I was glad that a business partner of mine was there with me because you never quite know. But as I stood in that driveway, I'm pretty sure that I saw like three or four drug deals occur down the street from that. And I was like, okay, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Maybe it was the house I picked. It was still, it was successful, made some decent money on it pretty quick. I think we turned around and made about eleven dollars $12,000 in a period of like three weeks. So that's pretty awesome. Oh my goodness. So $12,000 in three weeks. 4,000 a week, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. So it's not that it was a bad thing. It just was a little bit maybe outside my comfort zone. You're I had started listening to you on your podcast on Wholesale Inc. And I was like, okay, this land thing is pretty interesting. And it felt like it fit me better. It was, like you said earlier, in sort of the introduction, it was analytical. There's steps to this process. Even in the wholesaling of the property, I had spreadsheets to do the math and make the estimates and assume on a square footage basis. There's just a lot more less, variables less in that. Spreadsheets. Less spreadsheets, I guess, in land. Well, I mean, it's less spreadsheets or maybe less variables and more reliability in those things. And so that's what was really appealing to me. And this was also in like February of 2022 when the price of homes were just going through the roof. Very recently. We haven't known each other, but what, four months or so? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So five months. So I got into land and decided if I was going to join something, I would join yours took the class and joined the group and just started taking action on it to make it happen. That's the key word, action. You took action so fast. I remember we talked on the welcome call once we got you onboarded. Within about a week, you were already mailing landowners. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Do you mind just giving some practical advice to the Rhino Nation? Like, let's get someone a deal, a land deal today, because we have a lot of listeners that just getting started in real estate. Like they didn't get started in 2003 like you did, Will. If you don't mind, I'll hold you on the hot seat, hold your feet to the fire. And let's talk about like your favorite deal or one of your deals that you purchased, how you found it. And then I also love that you've got four boys. I know you put some of them to work. So for those people listening that have children, 
like bring them into the family business. So let's deep dive a deal if you're okay with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think your first question was around how did I get started? So I just started to mail. You know, that's part of one of the things that you talk about is keeping profitability in the front of mind. So I didn't try to overbuild systems. Revenue in the first position. Yeah, that's right. So just get going. And that was not the easiest thing for me because I would love to perfect a system. And I knew that that was going to be an issue for me. So I just like, okay, do not let perfect be the enemy of good here and just get going. So I started to mail and the first couple of letters I got back or the first phone calls, I was super excited because it was something. And then I tried to force those things to be deals. And it just took continuing to mail to realize that not everything that comes back is something that I have to make work. And I had to be okay with saying no. But I had that fear in the beginning. Like, is these so, the only two I'm going to get? So good. That is such a valuable point because I still sometimes catch myself doing that. Not every phone call, not every land offer letter that comes back signed is going to be a deal. You do not have to do all deals. And I just wanted to repeat that because that is so good. Because especially when you're just starting out, like that first one that comes through, it's like you'll do anything to move that mountain to make sure like that becomes a deal. And don't worry, just keep mailing, just like you said, Will, because more will come through. And I like that quote, do not let perfect become the enemy of good. Because it's like we're all about imperfect action. You know, massive imperfect action brings the results. But I want to back you up a little bit. You know, you said you just started mailing. Like, who did you mail? Yeah, so I live in North Carolina. So I started looking in areas here because I wanted to be able to actually go to the properties if I needed to. To be clear, I have not, of the one, some of the stories I'll tell, my favorite one, the very first piece of land I purchased, I never visited it. I never saw it. I never stepped foot on it. It's only two and a half hours away. I could have gone, but it just wasn't necessary. That is crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that there's there have been some examples of land that I thought about purchasing that I had the opportunity because it was nearby to just drive by. And it was just a reaffirmation that uh, there's a steps in my process that I go through that I had not gone through on these. I'm like, oh, I'll just go check it out. And it turned out that that parcel that looked really interesting online um, was really just a hole in the ground with the river running through it. I'm like, okay, that's not one I wanted to buy, but I missed some of my steps. And so just have to stick to my process. If I do that, I'll, I'll save myself some time. But, um, but yeah, so that I was just, I was mailing to landowners who lived outside of the state, um, who had owned the land for a while. I was going anywhere from one acre to 30 acres in size. Okay. You hit the whole gamut. Yeah. So like I, I, I skipped all of the, like the really small infill lots of the zero to one, but everything after that and just went at it. And I mean, I ended up with quite a list and I ended up having five or 6,000 potential addresses across a number of, it's like four or five counties within North Carolina that I was going after, Yeah, uh, which a is against, list. yeah. So I didn't mail them all at once, but I was sending about a thousand a week. So I was aggressive because I was like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing all my time. Let me get busy with this. Yeah. So I started mailing a lot. Well, no one the very literally had deals within the first two weeks. Like you, <laughs> I'm saying mail 300 a week. You're mailing three times that. Like, yep. I feel like you just did three times everything I said. Only one county, you did six. Yeah. <laughs> That's six times. Yeah, I, uh, I was a little bit aggressive. Maybe not the best thing, but it was still worked out. So I'm happy with that. So. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So you're mailing people out of state, you know, one to 30 acres. What were you mailing them? So I started with the land offer letters. So right. it had a two page letter 
uh, first page sort of introducing me and what I do and giving them the opportunity to counter offer if they're interested. And then on the second page, it's, um, it's a detailed letter of intent. It even actually says purchase agreement. And this is how early I was starting. Like I had found an attorney to kind of go over and make sure I was doing it right. But yeah. the very first land I purchased, which is the story I'll tell you about in a little bit, I purchased from that letter and no other contract, just the signed letter. I didn't have an additional purchase contract. It was a one page contract that set a price, the property, the basic ways that if I didn't like the property, I could get out of the deal. Yep. And that was it. And then we closed 30 days later. Yeah. So I was mailing the letters. For anybody that wants a copy of this letter, this land offer letter, we call it the LOL. You can go directly to the landsharks.com forward slash LOL, as in like land offer letter or laugh out loud. The landsharks.com forward slash LOL. It's yours for free. Yeah. And it works great. It's what I still mail to this day. Yeah. I think what's wild to me is that the very first property that I purchased was not a phone call back from one of my letters, though I got plenty of those. The woman who got the letter, who liked the offer, who filled it out, signed it, put it in an envelope and put it in the mailbox back to me. And I opened it up and then I did my due diligence and I was like, that's a pretty good deal. I don't even need to negotiate that. So I called her up to find out like, is there more about this land? I don't know. Yeah. What's the deal? And what's the just, catch? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and she signed it without ever talking to me. I was like, I didn't think that was possible. I was like, there's no way people are going to sell their property without talking to someone. But I just got another email yesterday of someone who took a picture of their land offer letter and, and emailed it to me. So well, it we happens. Have an it's really week. hard to get that with a house because yeah. uh, I've sent those land offer letters to houses and they don't come back signed ever. But the land is, I mean, it's just, they're not emotionally attached to it. A lot of times yeah. they just inherited it. Yeah, so it was fascinating to me. And I still am texting the previous owner. She and I have kept in contact as things have progressed with the property. It's been kind of neat. Amazing. So That is really cool. So you built a yeah. friend. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So. What did that deal look like? How did you, okay, so you, did you buy it with your own cash? I did. So it doesn't have to be that way. And I know a lot of people don't have that luxury. Um, I, part of me setting up this business is I did have some capital set aside just to be able to acquire so that part of what I could offer was to be able to close very quickly, take some of the guesswork out of the seller's concerns. So I purchased it. So let me, you want to dig into the numbers? Yeah, let's do it. So I mean, okay. we got those numbers guys listening, I'm sure. I mean, that's what yeah. I always like to hear. What's the net positive? What did you make? <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I purchased it for like $20,700. I think all in with closing cost was right around $22,000. It was a five acre parcel. It had never been cleared. It had good, there was a private road that was deeded and legal access. So it was part of a planned community from like 1946. So this road was maintained by a few of what's the neighbors. A, what's a planned community? So it just meant that there was a plat map that had been done by a developer at some point, dividing a bunch of these lands and breaking them into parcels that were meant to be home sites with a road through it. But it never got fully developed, which happens a lot, is people will plan these communities out. They'll subdivide the parcels, they'll sell them off, but they won't always build everything. So this one never had anything built on it. It was five acres of undeveloped land, nicely wooded. Yeah, that's what we got. And I got 
photos taken. I called a number of realtors out there, but to the numbers, I ended up listing it with an agent. I did not do a good job of some of the things I do now, like sending all of the neighbor letters. It was not a place where signs on the property would help because there's almost no traffic up there as a bit of a rural right. area, but put it up on Facebook marketplace. That's actually where I ended up getting my buyer. So you had it listed with an agent and you found the buyer and gave that buyer to the agent? I did. And the agent only charged me for a, almost a flat fee listing fee on the property. He didn't oh, that's charge hardly anything. So that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and he and I had offered, I was like, you can do this as a dual agency, meaning he could represent me and someone else. But he's like, you brought him to me. I'm not going to charge you for something I didn't do. That's an amazing uh, realtor. Great find there because I can't tell you how often the realtor still charged me 6%. And most of the time I do bring the buyer. That's an amazing realtor. I would hold on to that person. Yeah, like I'm mailing more and more to the county that he works in just because of how amazing he is. Every parcel I talk to him about, he's like, oh, I sold one, three parcels down the street from that. He knows everything about the land out there. How did you so, find this guy? I actually took a note from you and from Trevor Probant, who I know has also been on here, on get in your area, look at all of the sold listings. And actually, I used PropStream to find all of the sold listings within the last like six months and get all of the MLS data and the agents. And then I checked out the ones that had the most listings, so three or four. And I created a list of like seven or eight agents within the area. And I just started calling them. And only a couple called me back. And this guy was one of them. He had really strong listing, had good photos, good description. And he returned my call within a few hours. Um, phenomenal. Um, and I was like, that's it. That's my guy. The guy that's who knows man. everything about land and is responsive. So He's your land man, realtor. That's, he is. That's phenomenal. So you went on, you look at the property sold, the actual land parcel sold, and you found the realtor that just kept coming up the most. You made a list and you just called them, a few of them, sounds like it. Yep. And the guy that got back to you had the best photos. That's your person. And it worked out. Like you did just I've, randomly. I've done say, that. I've done that in multiple counties. I just found another one who she and her husband are also land investors, but she's a realtor as well. And it's in a different county. And I just listed a property with her this week. And she's on top of things, great photos, great description, responsive, knows the right questions to ask. So we'll see how that one goes. But I just listed a property this week with her. So. Beautiful. And you didn't just randomly pick up Billy Bob off the MLS. So that's right. I'm glad. So, well, cool. Let's keep rolling. So you've yeah, got so we, marketplace. We got it listed, had it on Facebook Marketplace. We initially listed it at 47.9. So bought it at 22.79. Listed at 47.9. We definitely hit some hiccups. We had some visits. Really interested people were out there. One of the neighbors owns like 12 or 15 corgis. And anytime <laughs> somebody would visit the land, oh these boy. dogs would come out and just be really loud. So we lost a number of potential buyers with that. But Fast forwarding a bit, it took us a couple months to get a buyer, but I kept refreshing it on Facebook Marketplace, answering people's questions. And then eventually, I don't know, I lowered the price down. We just, we were about to lower it on the MLS, but I was like, let me just lower it on Facebook and see what happens. Lowered it down to 39, 39. and offered seller financing on it. And we got some good interest. And eventually the person who chose to buy it, they have family in the area. They wanted to settle down and do some sweat equity on the property and work on clearing it themselves and plan on building a home on it eventually. And we did seller financing on it and they were thrilled. They were just like anxious to get there. You and made someone's dream come true because they didn't have yeah. the 39 probably. That's right. They didn't. They were going to have to move to another state. I don't know exactly the whole story, but they were like, this is what we were about to do. And now that we have this opportunity, now we have the reason and 
to stay. And so they're staying. And this past weekend was their first weekend where they owned the land and they were planning to get out there and start clearing parts of it, maybe go camping on it. Oh my gosh. Give them the same photos of them just having fun on the land because that's amazing to put on your website. You know, it's amazing for those guys. Like, is this a scam? No, here's John and Lisa. They're enjoying their property. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it was great. They put the, I had them do 20% down for financing. And they actually ended up writing that as their earnest money deposit in their contract to purchase. And so like I had that sitting in escrow before I even went to closing. So even though it was taking a couple of weeks to do title or whatnot, I wasn't worried that they were going to walk away. They had already deposited their down payment. How much was it? $7,000, $7,800, I think is the final deposit they ended up making. But Okay. So 7,800 down. Yep. It's a 20 year loan with a 10% interest. I was trying to keep the payment good for them, but they've already been talking about paying it off early, which I'm thrilled with for them to do because that'll definitely save them some money on the interest. Yeah. So worst case scenario, I did like two and a half times my money, right? 22 to 39. It's pretty close to that. So that's pretty decent or two times my money. So that's pretty good. That's if they were to like turn around and pay it off. But if they hold the financing for a full 20 years, it's like 4Xing my money over those 20 years. So it's like $320 a month payments let start September 1. Wow. So $320 a month coming in for the next 240 months, 20 years. Yes. I mean, go out there and rinse and repeat and keep doing it. What is that? $320 right. times 240 months, which is 20 years. That's 76800 plus the $7,800 that you got down. That's $84,600 minus that yeah. $22,000 investment all in. Yep. What is yep. You're going to make 62600 on your first land deal? Yeah, that's not bad. Let me do some victory bell ringing here for anybody that's got <laughs> headphones in. Brace for impact. Oh man, you had him. Like, <laughs> no, it's all good. I literally lose a decibel of hearing. I don't know if that's a proper word to say, but I'm pretty sure I go deaf every time I do that. And I do it multiple times a day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was exciting. And as you mentioned, I've gotten my family involved. So this deal was the very first one that I purchased. And my youngest son, he's 13. He's pretty much convinced himself he's never going to work for someone. So he's got to figure out a way to make a living otherwise. And I told all my kids, you're welcome to invest. You can't invest more than 10% of your net worth into any one deal. And he has done a nice job of saving and he has close to $1,000. So he put $100 into this deal. That's so cool. And I asked him, I was like, would you like me to pay you on the sale price so you get it all in a lump sum? Or do you want to get payments for the next 20 years? And he decided to take the lump sum after asking, what would I suggest? And I said, well, you're 13. Staying motivated is more important than creating this residual income right now. Because he's 13. Um, so he cannot see 20 years from now. I can you, see and it's 20, also, 20 years from now. Because I'm way older. Been like, yeah. For him, it would have been like a dollar a month for like the next 20 years. Yeah. Heck for that. his percentage of it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't think that that's as interesting. Dad. I'm like, yeah, I think you're probably right. So Good for him, time I value think, of money. Well, <laughs> that's right. So all in, I think he's going to end up getting about $73 on his $100 return within like a few months. So yeah. good choice. Good choice for him. I mean, he just took $100 and turned it into 173 Yep. Not bad. And so now he's asking, he's just going to put that money into his investment fund and say, okay, I'm ready to put it you know, into the next deal. So just let me know when it's ready and we'll get him in. 
Yeah. That is phenomenal. You're bringing your 13-year-old son in. He's already investing. I mean, how many 13-year-olds out there are investing? You know, right. Next to none yeah. because they don't teach this stuff in school. Like you're teaching your son this from home. That's right. I'm trying very hard to teach my kids the idea of if you don't spend your earned money and you only spend the money that your earned money makes for you, then you'll have real wealth. So like take your earned money, the stuff you get from a job or from whatever else, and go buy something that makes you money. Buy land, buy investment property, buy a dividend stocks, whatever. And then the money that it makes you, then you can spend that freely knowing that you'll never actually run out. So what about the person so, that's listening to this, Will? And I'm putting you on the spot here. Sure. Um, what about the person that says, you know, I work two jobs. And I literally heard the lady in 7-Eleven saying this the other day. She's like, I work multiple jobs and people think I'm rich, but I'm just barely getting by. What about, you know, Miss Sheena in 7-Eleven that works a couple jobs? Like, mm -hmm. how would you explain that to her? Let your earned money, your investment money that you earn from investments only spend that. Like, how do we help her? Yeah, it's hard to get there. It can feel hard to get there. And I think in some ways, I've talked with one of my kids about this who's older. It's about making some decisions on what is it that you want. And I heard this quote the other day that I loved. It was, spend your weekends building the life that you want instead of spending your weekends escaping from the life that you have. Oh, that's powerful. And Right. We all have 24 hours in a day and we all have things we have to do. And so it becomes hard choices. My wife and I have done this multiple times. I mean, I've told stories, but I'll put the vulnerable side here and realize that a whole lot of people might hear this. But there was a time when my wife and I with four kids were living in a thousand square foot or smaller townhouse, living on a teacher's salary and had 70 some thousand dollars in consumer debt. And we had to make a lot of choices and put everything on the table where we lived was on the table, what kind of work we would do is on the table. I mean, everything had to be a choice that we would say, are we going to continue to do this or not? Do we need this or do we want this? And for a period of time, we cut out a lot of our wants and just focused on covering just our needs and chipping away. It took us years to dig out of a hole that we managed to put ourselves in. Nobody forced us into that. Those were our choices. We didn't file bankruptcy, right? Like there's nothing wrong. That happens for a lot of people. We didn't do that. We didn't, we weren't in that position. We just dug ourselves out of the hole slowly, but surely. By spending your weekends building the life you want rather than spending your weekend escaping the life that you have. Exactly. And so it's when you start turning, a lot of us have heard about side hustles, but I don't think that you do this as a side hustle. It's not that you can't start it on the side, but you start it in your mind as your business and your job is your side hustle that's keeping you afloat and while you get this business going. That's so true because I'll tell you, when I was in the military the last year and a half, I felt like such a terrible soldier, employee, like I was taking advantage of the government and collecting a check. However, I was still there hours and hours and hours every day of my life, but I started treating my business that I was building for myself, my family, and eventually mm -hmm. others as the main. And then I started treating my W-2 salary handcuffed job at yep. my side hustle. And it was hard. It was very difficult, but that's a very good point. I never thought about that until you just said that. Yeah. I think it's about taking it seriously, right? Like taking that thing you're doing that's not necessarily paying the bills yet. Can you believe enough, right? To make it happen. I don't know that what I did is what I would recommend. Like I left my high paying job to go and do this full time. I'm glad that I did it for me, but it's not necessarily the path that I would recommend to save my kids or to anyone else because this can be done. And it's not easy. Like I don't want to pretend like you're going to 
start out and you're just going to, it's all going to magically work if you just put in half an hour a day. It's spend your nights, spend your weekends. It's very doable. You just have to be willing to commit and to use the support systems that are in place. And I think Brent, you being there and having the Facebook group, the responses of everyone, the encouragement, all of that makes a huge difference in getting it going. And I think being able to tap into that is really valuable. And you took action, 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 action. Like you took three and a half times the action I was recommending six counties. And I mean, since 2003, you've been in and out of real estate. Like you had already cultivated the ground. You had already planted the tree. And now it was time to start like fertilizing it and watering it. So you had a lot of groundwork already in place and people jump into these type businesses, you know, land investing, house investing. And it's like, oh, we'll see if it works. Like I'll give it six months. They give it six months and it doesn't work. Well, what if you just gave it six months and two days? Right. You saw it already happening. you got to see it yeah. as if it's already there. Like I, when I did that first land deal, made 5,000. And then the second land deal, 400 a month. Like I beat you, by the way. You'll, you're only- I was going to say, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> but my 400 a month ended in like nine months. So you kicked my yeah, butt on yeah. 20 years. That's amazing. Yep, yep. I'm just a little competitive. I'm just giving you a hard time. But that <laughs> changed my life. Like I'm now paying for my truck payment. I have a Silverado, white Silverado. I told my wife, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do another one to pay your car payment. I'm going to do another one. We're going to have the diapers and the formula covered. And I just kept yep. doing it and doing it and staying up late and getting up early. Getting up early. Before yeah. I had to be on base. And before I knew it, we're making 4900 a month in payments. Yes. Yeah. Every month coming yep. in. Now, granted, one of those ran out in like eight months. So I had to do another one, but that's sure. all my bills were. We're forty nine hundred dollars back in two thousand sixteen, and we had hit financial freedom. And the yep. feeling was like someone took a truck off of me, mm-hmm. like they lifted a truck off of my body because I was like, I now can get out of this. The military, I can quit this job. Like you kind of did it the reverse way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, Will, yeah. We went a little long here. Any words of advice for Rhino Nation, the Rhino Tribe? Like you've given us so much value and thank you. God bless you. I appreciate everything you've given us. Oh, for sure. I just think going back to my buddy, John, talk is cheap, make it happen. I mean, if this is something you're talking about and you're thinking about it, then let's go do it. Let's go. I love those two words. Let's go and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Will. So that's it. This has been great. Yes. Thank you so much. I mean, so much. High school sweethearts with your wife. You got four boys, four boys from ages 13 to 19. Most people would say, oh, I got multiple kids. I can't do this business. You quit your job, you wild animal, and just went right into this. You know, talk is cheap. You made it happen. And thank you so much for doing this. Guys, I want you to go right now to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Fill out an application. Talk to us. If we like what you've got to say, we might even invite you to be a rhino just like Will. Thanks so much, Will. God bless you. Thank you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.